Real conversation, real connection. It's Real Life with John Cowan on Newstalk ZB. G'day and welcome to Real Life. I'm John Cowan. I'm not expected, to, I'm not expecting to get arrested anytime soon, but I think if I was, I'd like to be arrested by my guest tonight, Senior Constable Brian Ward, QSM. Welcome, Brian. Sure, John. How are you? You well? I'm well enough. Excellent. Yes. And um, Brian's been a community cons- constable for many, many years, and uh, on telly, you ask your kids, they'll know Constable Brian and uh, the talking dog Bobby. He's hoping. Oh, yeah. yeah, and in fact, you've been doing that for so long, you've probably done it for a couple of generations of kids. Uh, scarily enough, I have. In fact, I'm now up to the stage of getting police recruits who are coming up to me and saying, you're the reason I joined the police, Constable Brian, because I used to run home after primary school to watch you, <laughs> which makes me go, well, I'm only 23, so I don't know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I, don't know. I <clears> can't yeah. believe how, how that would be possible, but um, I know you've been doing telly since... 2005? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks to the wonderful uh, Susie Cato. Yes, I have been doing television. I think we should stand up while we say her name. Yes, exactly, yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, you just bumped into her and you had an idea. Uh, well, Susie, when I was the um, ambassador for the Children's Hospital Kids First out of Middlemore, big mm-hmm. hello to all the kids out there, um, Susie came out to one of the Christmas parties and I actually said to her, it's a real shame that we haven't got, and you'll remember, Constable Keith and Sniff. I do remember there Keith you go, and Sniff. Uh, anymore. And she said, oh, the only reason you haven't is because nobody wants to do it. Uh, and I went, oh, blah, blah, blah. I joined to become a hardboard detective, there's no way, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and then uh, as I was going around some of the schools and some of the community groups a couple of weeks after, yeah. some of the um, people that I'd been at the hospital party with had actually heard me say that. And so what did happen to Constable Keith? And I, um, I sort of went away and I turned around to my partner at the time, uh, my community constable partner, and I said to him, it's strange, everybody asks who, where Constable Keith is, but nobody actually asks... Uh, about the last commissioner of the police. <laughs> I said, there could be something in this. Um, and there, from there it got legs, and I did a tour down to the Waikato, turned around to Susie and said, uh, I've got 3,500 fan letters here from these kids in the Waikato. And she, she said, well, you better answer them, and uh, I think we're good to go for a TV show. And yeah. that was it. And you've done series after series, and they're still... and. And, and yeah, yeah. And I mean, especially during lockdown, they were playing them again. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and thanks to the beauty of YouTube, as you well know, yeah, uh, I was you never quiz- age, you yeah. never get old, and yeah, you just keep on going. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh, you and your plastic surgeon, you're, yeah, exactly. you're not aging anyway. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, community policing. You say that you signed up to actually be a hard-nosed detective or mm-hmm. something like this. And now you spend your time going into schools and yeah. doing songs and dances. Do you actually ever get to uh, collar any crims yeah, anymore? No, I do. I still do. Um, it's not as much as I used to. Um, and you've got to remember, I only came off the front line and um, up in Rodney probably about two and a half years ago. So, yeah, so no, I still, still get to collar criminals. Yes. Um, but no, it's for me, it's the best style of policing. Um, and I think it's something that the New Zealand police do incredibly well. Um, I've been to Canada and America and had a look at um, the, their sort of policing styles when I've been up there on holiday yeah. and um, they all say, you know, well, you Kiwis are something special. You guys can yak with anybody. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's just something we do really, really well. Well, I was just talking to some family back from living in America and they normally live in Australia and they were just talking about the attitude to police in both those places. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure they have some fine police in both in both Australia and, New Ze- and America, but the public attitude... 
mm. the police over there is very, very different. We, we you, you, police have worked hard here, haven't they? Tom? Yeah, uh, I think uh, one of your previous guests, Mike Bush, uh, hit the nail on the head when he said, "Guardians, not warriors." And I yeah. think that's the way that the New Zealand police thinks. We are guardians. We're not. We're not warriors. Yeah. Um, and again, it's that thing of if you go back to look at the basic principles of policing that Robert Peel set in place. The police are the public, and the public are the police. And if you never, ever uh, forget that as a police officer, you're fine. All right. Actually, I seem to remember you saying something like that when you're talking about the COVID yes. crisis. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly right. You know, um, the reason uh, why I think, and lots of people around the world go, my goodness, you, you, you New Zealanders, are, you're so compliant. You're so, we actually get it, I think. We get the fact that we're all... And and one, as our prime minister says, yes, we are a team of five million. Yeah, uh, but we actually get the fact that we are are all in this together. Um, Martin Luther King used to have this wonderful quote where he used to say, "We've all arrived. We all turned up in different ships, but we're all in the same boat now." Yeah, and I think it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> This being Father's Day, by the way, happy Father's Day, Dad. Likewise, yeah. And uh, I, I uh, when, when we're talking about what to do on Father's Day, um, you, you you leapt to mind very, very readily because <laughs> I've had the opportunity of, of working with Constable Brian for a while now, doing uh, stuff yeah. on men's health and yes, mental, yep. men's mental health mm-hmm. and general dad stuff. And I'm always really, really impressed by what you say, but... Uh, you, you you get the opportunity to you're doing telly every week on on the, the cafe, but you're also doing uh, stuff with White Ribbon, mm-hmm. um, Variety, mm-hmm. um, Ronald McDonald House. Yeah. Uh, House still yeah. are they still doing that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're still popping in and seeing the kids at Ronald McDonald House, House when we get the chance. And, yeah, and um, what else are you doing? Pink Ribbon, a uh, pink um, shirt day. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so I. I have about five or six charities that I will not, I'm not going to say charities, causes that are near and dear to me yeah. um, that I will try and do my utmost for. Mm. Um, so White Ribbon's one of them, uh, Pink Shirt Day is another. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was a sick kid myself in hospital. Yeah. Um, so uh, not looking. I'm not going to say looking after the kids in hospital, but actually going in and trying to cheer them up a bit. Uh, it's a really good thing, and especially if you can have a police officer come into the hospital and say, "G'day, guys, how's it going?" Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, it's great fun, you know, and it really is good. And that's that community policing again, I guess. I love the idea that kids aren't afraid of the police because of the work that you do in schools. Yeah, uh, look, it's not just me. There are about another 160 school community officers. Yeah, um, throughout New Zealand, uh, and also our community cops as well. But it's something that we work really, really hard on, so that the kids aren't afraid of us and they don't have any problems coming up to us use next time you see a, a couple of cops walking around the shopping mall take about five or six steps behind and watch how many kids will high five them or give them a fist bump or something else and it's great and look i'll i'll tell you the truth the cops enjoy that as much as the kids do oh, it's, it must be it must be really nice yeah that happened to you yeah. as a uh, as, as a cop in fact yeah. I, I i seem to remember you telling me about your collar to a, a guy once arrested him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, a gentleman who I arrested who then turned around to me and said, oh, can I get a selfie with you uh, and me together for my kids? And I went, there is an easier way. You realise he could have just come up to the station door. He said, yeah, I know. I, yeah. I, yeah. So, so he actually got a selfie. Yeah, and we a got a selfie for, together. And, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. But you booked him in. Yeah, we booked him in. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, strange life oh, I lead. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I, as I said, very keen to have you in on Father's Day. Your own journey into fatherhood was yeah. <laughs> a, a little more difficult and perhaps yep. a bit slower than for many people. Yeah, um, I'm a fostered father, uh, so my little boy, um, 
Tane, he, uh, we, he's been part of our family since he's been 16 months old, mm. um, and he's now six. Um, and our journey's been a bit different because uh, Tane's got um, autism. Mm. So, uh, big shout out to all the, um, I'm not going to say special needs kids because I don't believe in that term, the different needs yeah. uh, kids and all the parents out there because they're probably doing it tough. Um, it's been a great learning curve. Uh, my wife is brilliant with Tane's. Um, yeah, the, some of the stuff that him and her do, I just I, mm. sometimes I come in from work and there's forts everywhere and building obstacle courses, and I, <laughs> I just there are some days I have to close the door and take three deep breaths and then walk back in. Um, but yeah, so I I didn't um, really join the fatherhood game until a little bit later on in life. But um, as you well know, being a dad yourself, it's one of the most wonderful things you can do. Nice. Um, and I don't really think that you really get it until you actually become no. a father um yeah so you would have been working with kids in schools yes yeah and it must have been played on your fair bit possibly that you oh that, yeah that yeah things weren't happening in the yeah. area and yeah definitely yeah. yeah uh and um when we actually got Tane, i was doing shift work so uh heaven forbid i'd get the going down the hallway and daddy dada dada uh and trying to stay asleep so it was a yeah. Yeah, it was a real a real balancing act but yeah no Balance, it's, yeah it's it's like i think it's one of the most important things that um people should do or can do if they can um maybe not foster a child if you can't have a child yourself or something mm. then get involved in one of the big brother schemes that are mm. going or the mentoring schemes because there are so many children that are looking for somebody to not be a role model because I don't think there's any such thing as a role model. You can take mm-hmm. aspects of different people and make them this ideal role model, but there's no such thing as the ideal person. Yeah. Uh, present company accepted, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, you, there are so many lessons that you can give to children who maybe might not uh, get those lessons from other people. So that would be something I'd definitely encourage right. people to do. Okay. Yeah. The things that surprised you most when you had your little boy come into uh, your world? I mean, you didn't get much time to prepare, did no, you? Most no, no. Most get about nine months warning. Well, I think we got about two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we, the things that uh, surprised me, um, how quick and nimble uh, toddlers are, <laughs> uh, despite the fact that you can build sort of these sort of half-pie fences around places, they can actually sort of just step over the So you, you, you can contain and imprison oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, a, a, yeah. a mongrel mob member, yeah. but a toddler can yeah. escape pretty yeah, exactly quickly. Yeah, exactly right. And um, <laughs> I remember trying frantically to watch programs like Super Nanny and all that type of stuff, like all those new parents do. Yeah. Uh, and there was a one particular episode there where don't look at the child. When the child hops out of the crib, pick the child back up, pop them in the crib, don't say anything and walk out of the room. Mm. My wife cunningly went out the night that uh, our boy decided he was going to start climbing out of his crib. Yeah. And at 142 times, <laughs> uh, I admitted defeat and just end up playing with him on the lounge floor because I'm, I was like, no, I'm done. I can't do yeah, this. You can't do that yeah, anymore. No, we'll just play with the cars. It's all good. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, is there anything that you'd learnt as, like, for instance, teachers sometimes have they, they, they're brilliant at controlling a whole classroom of kids and they, they sometimes find themselves rather vexed by the challenges <laughs> of their own children. Uh, yeah. and I imagine police, you know, they, who can probably walk into all sorts of difficult situations and things and probably bring calm and control pretty quickly. Yeah. But probably they go home and find, it doesn't work. Oh, no, no, no. There's <laughs> lots of police officers I know who um, they will gladly defer responsibility for any sort of, I'm not going to say parental matters, uh, to to their partner or their wife or whoever's in charge of the, yeah. of the household uh, because they're just like, I've got no idea. <laughs> uh, and we're not just talking people who are great police officers, we're also including people there who are 
police negotiators and that type of stuff because they're just like yeah, oh, yeah. i heard someone say that they were an sas sergeant or something like that and mm. he says you know you know i can command people to run into gunfire and yeah. i can't even get my toddler to do what i want them to do yeah so, not yeah. not wrong yeah, it's, yeah yeah i think just uh grin have a little bit of patience and uh and and at the end of the day realize um and this is something that my wife always reminds me is it really that important because most of the time as you well know being a dad it really isn't you know they've um, smeared something over the wall or they've spilt something on the ground. It really isn't that big a deal. Yeah. yeah. So. I know that you're in, big into physical fitness, but I think one of the best exercises of a parent is just raising both shoulders and dropping them again. You know, do, <laughs> yeah. Giving that shoulder yeah, shrug yeah, and yeah. go, yeah. Oh, does this really worth World War Three? No, nah, it's, it's, prob- it's probably not. No, it it's isn't. probably not. And um, so um, I know that the circumstances, the, the systems around adopting and fostering mm-hmm, and things mm-hmm. like this have changed in recent years. It mm-hmm. can be quite, it's still quite challenging, isn't it? If you put your name on the list, you may not, yeah, yeah. you may not hear from them. And yeah. exactly, and or you may hear from them, and then all of a sudden you are like, oh, well, hang on, um, I've got this, this, and that. and you actually, you really have to make a commitment to go. Okay, I've got the ball, and yes. let's go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it is. Uh, it's like you say, it's changed in the last couple of years. So yeah. I can't speak for current stuff, but. Um, when my wife and I actually used to deliver talks um, to prospective parents, there were lots of really interesting questions there, like, you know, if we get a phone call on Friday, is the child going to turn up on Monday? No. Uh, That type (laughs) of stuff. Um, What do you do if, you know, um, mum and dad, um, biological mum and dad pop up and sort of say, hi, we're really lucky. That sounds like a good question. Just pretend that I asked you that (laughs) question now, okay? Um, Our our boys, biological mum and dad, they're really great um, and they understand that we are doing our very best for Tane uh, and we see them a couple of times a year and we'll send emails back and forth and photos. So it's it's really nice. It's a a good relationship. Okay. Um, Hypothetical. Yes. Ten years' time. Yes. Okay, and your boy is in the midst of adolescence and trying to discover themselves and coming to terms of who he is and mm-hmm. everything like this, and he may have come against some of your limits and boundaries. Mm-hmm. This, is a proper, this is the proper thing for a dad to impose sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and you get the, you're not my real father, yep. and he wants to go off and live with his, his biological parents and things. Yeah. You must have played this scenario over in your own mind yeah. and thought, how are you going to handle it? Yeah, and I've got to be honest, every time I do it, the answer changes in yeah. a different way slightly. But it's really important that I think people know where they came from. Yes. Um, and like we all watch those programs where we have like Bernadine Oliver Kirby go to Croatia, for instance, to find out where fam- family comes from mm. and that type of stuff. It's really important that people know where they've come from, I think. So um, we won't have any hesitation in sort of saying, look, Go out and discover where you've come from and um, mm. who you are, uh, because we're only sort of one chapter in the story. Mm. Um, but I think it's important that people realise that there are some amazing foster parents around, and that um, foster kids can go on and do great things. Steve Jobs, for instance, mm. foster kid, uh, yeah. raised by his grandparents. So you know, people can go on and do some amazing things. It's like I always say to. Uh, kids who are fostered out or kids that are, are foster kids themselves, mm. maybe in care. I always said, have you ever noticed how every single superhero is almost always a foster <laughs> kid? And they're like, no. And I'm like, and you can list a, them off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you do deal with kids in your yeah. policing yeah, definitely. that are often fostered and, yep. Uh, yep. and you have a bit of an inside running on that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And like I always say to them, like, you know, you have to make the very best of a bad situation. Um, you have to, basically you're just like an adult you have to play the cards that you've Mm. been dealt Um, and sometimes it might not be good and it might not make you feel good but if you get on and do the very best that you can you will achieve some amazing things 
This is Real Life on Newstalk ZB. My guest tonight is Senior Constable Brian Ward. And after the break, we'll be talking about um, ice hockey and jiu-jitsu and all sorts Ooh. of other things. And uh, um, So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Real Life on Newstalk ZB. Mr. Week of Real Life with John Cowan? Listen to previous guests online at reallife.net.nz. Intelligent interviews with interesting people. It's real life on News Talk ZB. Another hero, another mindless crime. Behind the curtain, in the pantomime. Hold the line. Does anybody want to take it anymore? This is Real Life. I'm John Cowan talking with uh, Senior Constable Brian Ward. He's got some very good dance moves. You've picked that bit of music for us. Queen. Yeah, yeah uh, for me it's the, probably the ultimate piece of uh, music because Freddie Mercury, I think, knew he was dying. Yeah. Uh, and in self-reflection, basically, it's almost become like a golden rule for just about everything. Policing, everything else. All the posters, stay calm, carry on. Mm. He said it all in the song, the show must go on. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you're a performer, a police officer, uh, a parent or whatever, the, the show will go on with or without you. So there's quite a lot of deep meaning behind that song. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I, I mean, you're not afraid of these deep issues, even when talking to kids. Like, uh, no. you know, swatting up for the show, I was looking at some of your YouTube videos and things, and I'm thinking, oh, what will we be talking about? Crossing the road or, yeah. you know, or something like that. No, you're talking about... D- one of the the first one I tuned in was death. Yeah, well, and, yeah, and there's your poor dog trying to cope with the death of his goldfish and yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's really important that kids know about that. Um, we filmed that. I think uh, I think it was about a year or two before the Christchurch earthquake happened. Yeah. Um, but it's being used by lots of schools in Christchurch, and of course with COVID as well, as a way of understanding what happens and how it happens and what's going to happen to me and that type of thing. And that was the whole purpose with Brian and Bobby was. There were so many adults basically saying, don't cross the road, don't do this, don't do that. And we were scratching our heads and when we were coming up with a show and going, but why? And that's one of the things all the kids would say is, you told me no, but why? why? Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically, just like an adult does, um, that's what kids want to know, but why? So when we did the episode on death, you know, the whole thing was the dog had lost his goldfish. It was... But why? And this is what's going to happen. And it's just the circle of life. It's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. I mean, it's great the kids get to understand this. How about police themselves? They're confronted sometimes with awful, awful stuff. Yeah. Real, yeah. you know, the, you're the ones that have to go to the door to tell mums that their boys wrapped around a mm-hmm. lamppost. You're the ones that have to, you know, mm-hmm. pull, help pull bodies out of cars and things like this. Terrible stuff. Confronting mm-hmm. death and everything like that. You're flesh and blood yourself. Yeah, we can't are. leave you. Un- it can't leave you untouched. No, it can't. Uh, but uh, again, you know, I think it's one of those things. We all knew what we were doing when we signed up for the job. Um, there are ways and means to, I think, cope with it. I, I'm not going to say that you ever completely deal with it because I don't think you do. Um, but it's one of those things. Um, again, as Mike Bush said, family, hmm. fitness, and uh, your friends, and I think probably fun. Yeah. There as well, and doing stuff sometimes, not all the time, but stuff that you just basically uh, turn on, tune in, and yeah. click out basically, um, and just have a little bit of sort of yourself time as well. So. I know that one of the things that you have been involved in is is uh, thinking up ways of being able to help first responders yes. yeah. and police yep. 
who have been singed around their nerves are of PTSD and things like this. Yeah. Um, so um, one of the things that I'm trying to get involved in, uh, I'm a wellness champion for the police, is uh, trying to get people involved in um, physical activity or trying to get them out and about. Obviously, as, as you well know, um, because I come into the cafe when we do our show quite nicely beaten up all the time. Um, <laughs> Big marks down yeah, your yeah, face yeah, from jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> doing jiu-jitsu for me has uh, been a really good thing. Um, it means that I can get a release. I go two, three times a week um, and I get a good release there. And that's one of the things that myself and a couple of others are going to try and do is start up a, an organisation. And it's been done all around the world. The Royal Marines do it, the SAS do it. Um, and a few other organisations where they try and encourage people that have never done something like jiu-jitsu or judo or something like that mm. to try and give it a go um, so that they get the physical exertion, they then get a bit of a hobby, they might get an interest yeah. and start it up. Look, to be fair, I don't care if you do um, model train building yeah. as long as it's something that you enjoy doing and it takes your mind off it and maybe you you can cope yeah. with it. And that's that's the important thing for me. Yeah, I was making a video on a on a ex-soldier that had uh, been suffering from PTSD and he was mm-hmm. mentioning that he was doing jiu-jitsu and next thing I know, oh, that's Brian Ward. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and it's worked so well for him. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, like I say to people very often, you tend to forget about things when you can't breathe properly because there's somebody lying on top of you. Yeah. <laughs> and all you, all you can think about is your breath. Yeah, so yeah. So. Hey, Brian, um, all these things that you that you do for the community, it's obviously attracted to some a bit of attention. You got a QSM award, and you got a nice email telling you that you got a Wolf Fisher. Yeah, well, which yeah, which is an award given out to some police each year to to, to do some stuff. So, yeah. what sort of stuff are you going to be doing? Uh, well, it? yeah, I was lucky enough to get a Wolf Fisher fellowship, so I am going to the Smile Conference in Scottsdale, Arizona next mm. year. Um, and then I go up to the Toronto Police Service and do some social media stuff with them because, as you well know, I like my social media. And then I'm a massive ice hockey fan. That's my tune-in and turn-out uh, phase. So I'm going up to see my favourite team, the Calgary Flames yes. in Calgary. Um, and my good friend up there, Tori Peterson, who's their social media manager's going to allow me to sort of hang on to her uh, coattails for three or four days as she organises all the social media for a professional sports team up there. So it's going to be a real eye-opener. Right. Are you going to go out with the Mounties? Uh, no, because um, the Mounties actually aren't everywhere in Canada. It's a myth. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so when you talk to normal police officers, and uh, no, I know because I've got a fair few Canadian friends, they get quite miffed. When people go, oh, the Mounties. The Mounties. Uh, oh. yeah. It's like um, the federal police in Australia. You, you sometimes see them and you sometimes don't, oh, okay. but they get all the glory. So, yeah, so, yeah, no, I'll just be working with the regular street cops. Right. Hey, it's been fantastic talking with you. Pleasure. It's wonderful work that you do. Thank you Thank for you. helping make New Zealand a, a nicer, kinder and safer place. My absolute Going pleasure. out on a bit of uh, Glen Campbell. Yeah, it's uh, an ethos to live by. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Try a little kindness. Hey, my, con- my guest tonight, Constable Brian Ward. Fantastic work. And look forward to being back with you next Sunday night on Real Life. Don't walk around the down and out Lend a helping hand Instead of doubt And the kindness that you show every day Will help someone along their way
Life. Made with help from New Zealand On Air.